You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we want to say thank you to all of our moms out there and whether you have biological children or not. Uh, we want to say thank you for investing into our children. Uh, today I invited uh, Julie, my wife, my better half, to talk about motherhood and talk about love. Last week we started a series called Messy. Loving others uh, isn't easy and I know that you were raised in a large Catholic family, a lot of sisters, a couple of brothers, and I know that this wasn't always easy for your mom. Uh, a lot of times your, your sisters and brothers were great, but other times they were a little challenging, probably a little annoying at times, just like most families can be. And, and I want to see what's something that you learned from your mom? Well, I did grow up in a large family. I'm the youngest of seven, and um, I missed a lot of the chaos that went along with with having you know a bunch of kids at once. I was kind of at the at the tail end, and so you were the baby. I was the baby, the and spoiled so, one. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but um, so in some ways, I was kind of like an only child because I was so much younger than the rest. But um, if you ask my mom, you know what it was like, she would say, "I don't really remember." Um, which is what a lot of moms of multi, you know, lots of children say, because it's just kind of a blur. But what I do know f- from my mom, what I have learned from my mom, I probably, I'm sure it was lost on me at the time, but you know, as an adult looking back, there are certain things I value that I can look back and say, wow, that's like, she did that for me. One is the gift of time. I mean, I think she really, I felt, I can look back and see how she invested her time in me. She coached my softball team for years. Um, growing up, I played sports and softball was something I played from for, for many years. And she was my coach and uh, she would go to work all day, come home and then several nights a week, we were out practicing, having softball games. And when I think about how tired I, ha- how I am after getting home after, from a full day of work, uh, it's hard for me to imagine wanting to go out and do that, not just once a week, but you know, two or three times a week. And you know, looking back, I can see what an investment that was. Um, she probably didn't do it because of anything I did. It wasn't because I was great and I deserved it. And that's the thing I think my big takeaway from her is that none of the love that she showed me was because I deserved it. It was just because she loved me, because she just did, because she was a good mom. Um, and I think that's just the nature of motherhood. Um, the other thing I think, just kind of going along with that, is that she, I, I can look back and see how she sacrificed her preferences often, pre- sacrificed her, um, you know, maybe strong emotions so that I could feel secure. Um, she gave me a very strong sense of security. I knew I was loved. I knew I was safe. I wasn't afraid to make mistakes because I knew that my mistakes didn't jeopardize the love. I wasn't loved because of anything I did or didn't do. And I, I probably knew that at the time. I probably felt that, but I probably couldn't verbalize that. But looking back, I can definitely see um, the value of having that security. Um, And I think for a lot of moms, that comes naturally. Um, When you become a mother, that instinct just kind of takes over. But I don't necessarily, I know, and as a teacher, I know 
because I was working with all kinds of students, that it's not natural for everybody. Some students don't know. There are some, some children don't know. So, but I think whether it comes naturally or whether it's something you have to work at, um, it is a real gift and one of the greatest gifts any mother could give to her child. And I definitely, I definitely value that. I know one of the things that we've talked about uh, with your mom is uh, she just loves sacrificially. I mean, she mm -hmm. is truly, she'll sacrifice, she'll give you the, the shirt off her, uh, her back. Uh, and, and she's just known throughout the family for that. And I know that's something that she's passed down to each one uh, of her kids. Now, I want to move on from your mom uh, to you being a mother. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to believe, but we have three teenagers. Uh, we're moving toward being having an empty nest in the next few years. And I know that you have some mixed emotions about that. Uh, a little sad. I'm a little happy. Uh, maybe you're a little bit happy uh, with that. But I wanted to talk to you about some of the challenges, uh, some of the things that, especially during COVID-19, that so, sometimes it's not really easy to love when we're confined in this tight space. Yeah, I think that definitely is one of the biggest challenges is that proximity. I think, you know, we've talked about it in different ways over time. Um, being together all the time is definitely not easy. And when I think about what I want for my children, um, I want them to have that security and that safety that, that I know I had. I think, whereas maybe it came naturally to my mother, it, I don't necessarily, of course I would do anything for my children, but to have that serenity and that gentleness of spirit um, is not necessarily natural to me. And so I think in this time when we're so close together and all the time, that's something I really have to work on is how I react um, and you know watching my temper and watching the words that I say so that I don't um, so that I don't take away any of that security from them. I, I know deep I know my kids know that I love them but I also want to make it very clear that my love is not contingent on anything that they do or anything that they say and so I think just that the relational aspect um, is just something that I that we really have to work on, especially right now during this time. There's a my our middle son's birthday was last week, and his my, our youngest son got together a bunch of people and made some birthday messages for him. And so Monica, our worship leader, sent Elijah a message, and it just really stuck with me. Uh, and it she what she said to Elijah was Elijah, who's a musician. She said to him, "You are admired for your talent." but you're loved for who you are. Yeah. And I thought that's like, I hope that my kids know that, that I admire them and that's great, but that's separate from my love. Um, also, you know, when, when they do things that are not admirable, that's also separate from my love. The love is there regardless of what they do. And I hope that, that they know that. And that's, that's a goal for really any parent, I think. Julie, you and I have been discussing the, the book of Ruth, and especially when we talk about love, uh, I just see sacrificial love written throughout that book. Uh, the background, of course, is uh, it's in the time of the judges, which was really kind of an ugly time period for the Israelites. Uh, they really had this kind of up and down relationship with God. At times, uh, they were on fire, and then other times they would fall away. And you just saw this kind of vicious cycle of being up and down. And 
And, and if you look at the end of Judges, it, it basically says uh, they did whatever they wanted. Uh, and, and they just did whatever their heart led them to do. And, and they basically kind of put God uh, on the side. Mm-hmm. And, and so we start the book of Ruth that way. And, and we see Elimelech uh, and his family. Uh, his, his wife's name was Naomi. Uh, he had two sons and, and uh, two uh, sisters and or daughters-in-laws, not sisters-in-laws, daughters-in-laws. And uh, at first we see this setting that they're uh, in uh, Israel and there's a famine that takes place. And uh, when we see famine, we might not think a whole lot about it. Uh, but when you look at uh, Deuteronomy 11, uh, famine normally came when God's people were turning their back on him, when they were worshiping idols. Uh, if they obeyed him, God would bless them, but Deuteronomy says that he would withhold rain and, and the land would go uh, barren and, uh, and a famine would take place. And, and so you see at the very beginning of, of Ruth, uh, a famine taking place and Elimelech actually moves his family away from Israel, uh, which you may think, hey, it's not a big deal, but where he moves them to is, is uh, a really bad place. It's, it's Moab. And Moab is a place that were the arch enemies of the Israelites. Uh, they worshiped pagan gods. Actually, they were known for their child sacrifice. And, and God had some really strong words uh, toward uh, the Moabites. And, and uh, for, an Isra- or for the Israelites to move there, that was a big deal. And, and what we see there is not only did Elimelech move his family there, but his two sons end up marrying uh, women from from there and so now all of a sudden you have this uh, these mixed races and and so uh, it's it's really kind of a terrible picture in the first three or four verses here that we see and then all of a sudden Elimelech dies the two sons die and this is all in the course of about 10 years and Naomi is a widow she doesn't have her sons to support her which uh, we need to understand, I mean, uh, that in that culture, basically, she became homeless. Uh, and she hears that the famine has ended in Israel. And so she uh, decides to start traveling back. Uh, and uh, But now, again, she has two daughters-in-law, and uh, Orpah and, and Ruth. And you can see in this book that they just have a love for each other. It, it didn't matter that uh, they were uh, from Moab. Uh, they just had this natural love. In, in Ruth 1.7, it, it says, says this, But on the, on the way, and they're, again, on the way as they're going back toward Israel, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's home. May the Lord reward you for your kindness uh, to your husbands and to me. Uh, may the Lord bless you with security of another marriage. And then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and they wept. You, you just saw this natural love. And then verse 10 says, No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. They, they were willing to, to leave their, their parents, their family, their friends, everything that they knew. They, they just had this, this sacrificial love for, uh, that they wanted to, to show uh, to Naomi. Well, Naomi eventually talks Orpah out of it, and she's like, hey, you don't need to do this, and, and I think she was pretty firm. Uh, but something that we might miss in this is, I think Ruth was pretty stubborn. 
uh, even though Naomi wanted her uh, to go back and, and not go through all of the sacrifices that she knew that she was going to have to go through, uh, Ruth was determined to, to stay with her. And, and in verse uh, 16, these are some of the more famous verses, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And, and remember, the gods that Ruth uh, was raised with were pagan gods. She was like, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice it all. I'm willing to go with you. Verse 17, wherever you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now, we just see that commitment. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, that she was hard-headed, that she wasn't going to change her mind, uh, she said nothing more. And if you look at Naomi through this book, she does a lot of talking. For her to be silent on this, uh, you, you, you see uh, what's going on. And, and if you move to, to Ruth chapter uh, 2, uh, we see that, again, Ruth is leaving her family, her friends, uh, she's going to this foreign land, and again, remember, uh, the Moabites were the arch enemies of the Israelites and, and this pagan people. And, and she gets there, and she ends up going to this field uh, that ended up, uh, and she, she's gleaning grain. She's out in the fields working hard. She was going to have to sacrifice. She was trying to take care of herself and trying to take care of Naomi. And, and she happens to go to this field owned by Boaz that ends up being this distant relative. And Boaz ends up noticing her. I don't know if it was love at first sight or, or what it was, uh, but he notices her and, and he wants to make sure that she's protected. Um, but this struck me when I read verse 11. It says, yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything that you've done for your mother-in-law uh, since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother your land to live among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come, take refuge and reward you fully for what you've done. That, I just read that, and, and Ruth's love is known throughout. Uh, people have seen her commitment to Naomi. You, you see the sacrificial love that, that she's demonstrating. And that's the, that's the type of love that we see in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the chapter that we're really trying to meditate on during this series. Uh, that love is patient, love is kind. Uh, that, that, that love has this commitment that it just keeps on going. The, the story of Ruth is proof that love is not what you say, it's, it's what you do. Uh, sacrificial love sticks with someone through tough times. Uh, Ruth could have stayed in Moab. She could have stayed with her family and friends, but she decided to sacrifice. And, and love sticks with you through the hard times, through the messy times, through COVID-19. Sacrificial love adjusts to others. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. She was willing to, to give up and to sacrifice, just similar to what your mom was willing to do. She was willing to sacrifice, sacrifice her time, uh, even though she was tired at the end of the day. I, I've seen how she's loved each one of your sisters and, and your brothers in different ways, and she was willing to do whatever it took to show them love. And sacrificial love gets out of uh, your comfort zone sometimes. Sometimes you do things that you may not be comfortable with. 
Uh, for instance, when I go to a romantic movie with you, that's a little out of my <laughs> comfort zone. And, and so that's what love causes you to do in, in, in different ways. And sacrificial love puts your needs above, uh, or sacrificial love puts their needs above your needs. And, and that goes back to us not being selfish and, and thinking about others. And so today we want to encourage you. I think our moms are a great example of sacrificial love. I want to encourage you this week to, to love sacrificially. 